Hey guys, welcome to the Where the Light Is podcast, where is our goal to illuminate things in the Word of God, to illuminate the things in the Spirit, and to strengthen the believer. I am Ruben, and I am your host for today. So, I hope you guys are having a fine Thursday morning, and as you have known, or as you all know, rather, we have been doing a mini-series on faith, hope, and love. Last week, we went ahead and covered the topic of faith. If y'all haven't listened to that, I strongly encourage you to listen to that. But I, I do intend on the, in the future to go ahead and go back on faith and take my time, be able to take my time and just get my testimonies out there on the topic and to just further, further hammer that aspect of faith in our heads <laughs> but today in honor of valentine's day i already felt led to go ahead and speak on love so we're going to go ahead and tackle that today well let's open up with prayer lord we invite you in this podcast today we invite you in and holy spirit we invite your way we we let say let you have your way lord let it not be me speaking but you speaking through me not through eloquence, not through charisma, not through personality, but through your own words, through your own spirit. Let it be made manifest into your lives, into the lives of your children. Let it, let your power supercharge the atmosphere and let your revelation, your fresh rhema come down. Lord, Just we just ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's topic, as said, is on love. We start off with the scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So, to go back a little bit, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1-3 through says, If I speak in the tongues of men, or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So in this uh, this podcast, we see that important the important aspect of love it's so important that all the other aspects that we speak of all the things in the in the body all the things in Jesus Christ all the things in uh all the things in our spiritual walk are encompassed engulfed by love it's more important love is more important is the most important so in order to operate in this as usual you know, I'm I'm the type who just likes to know how or why things work, not just to know it works, but I want to know the depths of it. I want to know why it works, how it works. So it's my mandate in the, these episodes to further that knowledge to the body of Christ. I want to know why it happens. I want to explain why it happens. So in these uh, future episodes, I'm going to go ahead and take my time on that. I'm not going to rush. If you if it takes two hours, if it takes half a day, you get what you get. So <laughs> I, I encourage you to, to stay if you can. And if you can't, go ahead and pause it and uh, listen to it in the car or whatever, what have you. So moving on, we see in um, 
Matthew 22, verse, uh, starting with verse uh, 36, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we see that love is the greatest commandment. We see that love, going back, we're instructed in verse 39, or uh, yeah, verse 39, that we are to love our neighbor as ourself. So we have to know how to love ourselves. We have to know how to love our neighbor. But first, the first commandment was to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. So, how do we do that? How do we do that? So, okay, moving on to first John 4.20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So, again, this further solidifies that love is so important that in order to love God, we have to learn how to love people. And rather, and then you, you flip it around in order to love people, we have to learn to love God. And we have to learn to love ourselves through the lens of Christ, through that mind of Christ. So, moving on, what is love? That's the question. What is love? See, it's Valentine's season. It's Valentine's Day coming up. So, people are going to say, well, love is a feeling. Or you'll hear people say, Love is a, it's not a feeling, it's, it's a, an action, it's a choice. Well, to be honest, love is all of that. But firstly, we see in 1 John 4, 16, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So we see that God is love. So contrary to all the things that are said, it's a feeling, it's a choice, all of it's right. All of that is in the essence of who God is. So we see, okay, how was he a choice? How was love a choice? God had made a choice. He made a choice not only to create us, a being that he, he having possessed all knowledge and he knows all future knows that 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 creature that um creation he made would possibly go against him and that they would go against him that he made us anyway because it was worth it we were worth it regardless of all the things that he would have to go through we were worth it and we were worth it to him after the fall that he made a redemption plan to save us and not only through the simple act of saving us, it was very complicated. Actually, it wasn't a simple act. It was him having to give up his only son. So as we move on, we see we see that, he, as we said, he himself is love. It's his very essence. That in Romans 13 verse 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt of love to one another. For whomever loves others has fulfilled the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So going back to what is love? Love is the, through the action of love, it's the fulfillment of the law. So 
God is love, God is his law. But in the same essence, he is the fulfillment of that law. So that's why if you look in the uh, the Bible, if you look and see why Jesus had to come, he had to come because he himself is the fulfillment of the law. We couldn't do it. He knew we couldn't do it. From the beginning of the of, um, of the Bible, from the beginning of Genesis, the fulfillment was in him. He gave us two choices. He gave us a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. The tree of life is Jesus. That life is Jesus. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the law. And the reason why he came is because we made that decision. Adam and Eve made that decision. We chose the law over him. It's like choosing. It's like, okay, uh, if we were to choose the two things out of his like out of his um his personality out of his essence out of his being out of his characteristics would you do, would you rather choose the thing that's more rigid or would you rather choose the thing that's more loose and gentle and it's just the love of god the love of god is pure and we chose over who he is we chose that law because of ignorance because of deception because honestly we wanted to be like god but in reality if we would have just chose if adam would have just chose the tree of life we would be like him because we don't need to know the law because the law of love is the fulfillment of the law of sin so to move on God's love is unconditional. We see that God's love is unconditional. So we let's not confuse. Okay, going back to what I just said, don't confuse God's love and his judgment. He loves freely and yet he is still a just God. Just because um just because he has to act on his justice, just because he has that set of laws that he has to abide by does not mean he doesn't love. Honestly, okay, if we were to condemn a man to jail after providing a simple way out, which is what the father did, we were condemned to death. We were condemned to jail. And after just throwing that, all we had to do was throw that sentence on another one, another person, freely. That's all it took. Just say, Lord, I'm guilty, but in your eyes, I'm not guilty. I give it to your son. And it's up to that man to accept that plea or reject that plea. So all we had to do, all we have to do is admit it in our heart and out of my mouth, confess. And if that person refuses that, that doesn't change the love and mercy that was shown. That doesn't change the thing that was offered, that plea deal. That wasn't changed. It was just a rejected love. So... Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is unconditional. Love is God. In the Bible, actually, there are a few words that we're going to cover right now. A few words that are used for love. The Hebrew Hebrew word for love is ahava, which is both a noun and a verb. And that kind of gives us a, a slight sneak peek into the heart and the mind of God that Love isn't just a state. It's not a feeling. Like I said in the beginning, love isn't a state. It isn't a feeling. It's an action taken. It's an active word that it wasn't just enough to say, Lord, 
I love you. Or rather, on the side of God, it wasn't just enough for him to say, I love you. He had provision to back that love. He sent his son to show his love. The root word of Ahava is Ahav. The term Ahav in Hebrew means to give. True love gives. True love is as said in the Bible, it's better to give than receive. It's not selfish. So being the center of someone's attention all the time is not love. And love isn't about getting some feeling. It's not about some fix. It's about giving your devotion, your time. That giving is that vehicle used to distribute that love. Because God so loved, John 3.16, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Love gives. So if you're not, if you say that you love your significant other, but you're never willing to give your time, your energy, spend a little money, give whatever you can. If it's not in your heart to give, I dare to say you have a broken love. It's not perfected. Hebrew, okay, so the word, going further on, in Hebrew, the word Ahava, see, we got to see that Hebrew is written, or read, rather, from right to left. So, to take a little deeper, I'm going to go a little deeper on you guys. The Hebrew word Ahava is spelled first with Aleph, which is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and it's, this is actually really perfect. Like, the more I studied this my mind was just blown. Like I'm so y'all don't know how excited I am to to be able to tell y'all this. This is so so good. The first letter in the alphabet means it's it means and symbolizes unity and oneness. So, so we see that love is first started with a oneness in the spirit or a oneness in general. The second letter is hey which is the fifth letter in the alphabet, and it represents divine revelation. It represents the breath of the Creator. Psalms 33, verse 6 is, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all their host. So the world was created with that utterance of hey. It represents the gift of life and creates the verb of being. So then we see in Genesis, as in Genesis, that breath, well, he breathed into us. He breathed into that pile of dirt, that pile of dust, and we were born. The second letter is him being, him birthing us, that breath of God. The third letter is Bet. Bet is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it signifies the number two. It's the first letter of the story of creation. Starting with the entire Torah Bible. It represents the beginning of duality with the one creator bringing forth a created world. So that there can be both a giver, the creator, and the receiver, the created world. So to be uh, to, to reiterate, bet means one, duality. It means two. So love cannot be by itself. It has to be shared. It has to be multiple parties giving and receiving. Love is not perfected until it's given. That's why the Lord wanted to create someone in his likeness. He had to perfect his love. He's a perfect God. And he already had love going in between his three counterparts. But it's not enough. It has to be given or that love isn't perfected. Now while something is perfect... 
that that is very different than being perfected. So the fourth letter actually is again hey, which is the number two as well. It's the number two, and that's crazy to me because twice we see that hey is used. So it shows that that breath is not only in the the beginning; it's not only in the middle; it's at the end. It's it's not just it's not just in the middle of our lives. It's not just in the a certain part of our lives. It keeps going, and it's the ending of our lives. The ending of our lives is an eternal breath that's breathed into us, eternal life. And again, it's crazy because twice we see stated twice we see the duality of god in our love so we see that that duality is so important that relationship is so important and that's that's just powerful to me that's super powerful we see that hebrew um in the hebrew bible love is very relationship based it's an intimacy a deep spiritual connection between a man and a woman and obviously the creator or a man and their friend and a creator or a woman and their friend and a creator it doesn't matter it's just a relationship and the basis is the creator it's a duality it's a it's an intimacy he created adam and eve in the garden they were made to be companions they were intimate in all things we saw them intimate in all things they were talking they were they were walking they did whatever they had to but then you see that in the cool of the day the father comes and that intimacy was first created by that breath that breath that made it formed us so all of our relationships have to be founded in christ and if it's not founded in christ you have an opening you have a, a flaw you have a, a a place that's available and open to attack so okay move on that was the hebrew there are three greek words actually used in the new testament which are agape, or agapao is the, the verb usage of it. It means love or charity, and all the words are derived from it mean the same thing. It's used um, in that scripture, that our base scripture, uh, talking about the commandment, the greatest commandment. That is that verb used. So that verb is used as love and charity, meaning you have to be generous with it. Like and that reminds me of the scripture saying, "Freely you have been received, so freely give. Freely we have received His love, so freely we give to Him, those around us. And that's the fulfillment of the law: is to freely give that you have received." The second usage of the word is philia, which is friendship or love as well, and the words uh, derived from it. So friendship, that philia is used as friends, as a um, relationship with your friend. The third usage is storge, which is natural affection. So we see that it's funny because if God is love, he is this. He is charity. He is agape. He is charity. He is unconditional love. He is the love that came to give. The love that came to give his life. It's, he is a philia. He is our friend. There's one that stick closer than a friend. 
is one that's closer than a brother. It's it, he is our friend. He is our companion. Uh, the third story, yeah, he is our natural affection. He shows natural affection. From the beginning, he breathed into us. To breathe into somebody, you have to be close to them. Like in proximity, you have to be close to that person. That's why you know you have your little personal bubble. You have to be close to that person. You can't breathe from someone far away. You have to be close to them. So we see that God is made as a God that's made to be close to you and me. That's made to be close and intimate. Okay, so moving on. We're going to talk about what love looks like in this next uh, section. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Let's start with verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail, whether there are tongues, they will cease, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So... What does love look like? Let's take this scripture and let's tackle it um, very, very line by line, basically. Let's, let's be in depth with it. Okay, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puff up. Love is not proud. Love does not get in the way. It is not proud. So if you're pride, if, you, if, you, if you're in a relationship and you have a lot of pride and you think of yourself and that's it. Or you think that you're 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 the bee's knees or whatever. You think that you all that in a bag of chips, and you place yourself first all the time. That's not love. Love is not selfish. Love does not put yourself first. It's not puffed up. It suffers long. It's willing to go through. You know how much Jesus suffered on that cross as an act of love. And yet we can't handle a few bad words spoken against us. In our relationships, we can't handle people saying a few things. We can't handle the ugly stuff. Jesus put up with all the ugly stuff. He put up with Judas for his whole, whole ministry because he loved him. And even when he knew he what he was going to do, he said, go and do your business. He knew what he was going to do. He never removed him. And that's why... I, to be honest, I can't stand cancel culture. Yeah, okay, there are situations you got to uh, disconnect from toxic people. Because, okay, taking Judas again, those people, if you let them last long enough, they will crucify you. But on the flip side, let's say people have already stabbed you in the back. Those people who crucified you, guess what? Jesus, he was resurrected. So that person tried to kill you, tried to slay you. You're gonna come back up. You're not gonna. You're not gonna um, be taken out. You, you fell down, but you're gonna get up. And even if they did kill you, the Lord's gonna bring you back up, and He's gonna make you way more glorified than you were before. So, going. <laughs> I don't know why I'm on that. I guess someone needed that. Let's move on. Love. All right, verse five. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. So love is pure. It thinks the best. It's not seeking that evil thing. It's so if you're heavily into that sin and you keep seeking out the worst in people, you keep seeking out 
the worst things, the most sinful things, the most deepest, darkest thoughts, uh, uh, and you entertain that thing, your love is not perfected. Moving on to verse 6. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It doesn't It doesn't care what you've been through. It doesn't care what your, bond, your bondage is. It doesn't care what you're bounded by. It sees where you're at, and it says, you know what? I know what that is, but I know what my God said. I know what that is that's touching you, but I know what my God said. I know what your life is saying, but I know what my God said. Going to verse 7. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love is childlike. Children put up with a lot. You know how many times, okay, as a child, when your daddy says, uh, you, you ask your daddy, hey, can we go to the store tomorrow? And he says, okay. You believe it. You hope for it. You look forward to that. And when it doesn't happen, it's hurt. But it says, Lord, it says, um, Daddy, you said we're going to go. So can we go next time? And he says, yes. It keeps putting up with it. Love doesn't know no better. Kids don't know no better. That's why the, the Bible says that we have to come childlike. Because with that faith, with that mentality... We have to be able to endure those things. We have to be able to believe those things. We have to be able be able to accept those things. And if you can't, if you're jaded, if you're nasty, if you um if you have a bad outlook because people have brought you to that place where you are bitter and you were nasty and you just expect you're cynical. You expect everything bad's gonna happen from that person. Guess what? You need to work on your love. Going to verse 8. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So all of our little spiritual gifts that you, you um, that us church people, we cherish so much. We see that none of that is important when it comes to love. So if you're thinking, oh, I want to be, I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to see all the depths and mysteries of the word. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. I want to be an apostle. I want to be a prophet. I want to be a teacher. Work on your love first. Because you know what? Love is what never ceases. Our love is what never ceases. If you don't learn it in this life, you're going to learn it in the next life. So get a head start on it. Because you know what? Those prophecies, they're going to come to pass. Guess what happens after they come to pass? It's done with. Guess what happens whenever the new earth and the new heaven come? When when this old earth and this old heaven are going to be passing away, when they're going to be destroyed, they're going to be um, faded away, and the Lord makes a new one. And what happens into eternity? Those prophecies are not going to be there. They're going to be gone. So work on your love. That's what matters. Work on your love and focus on the love of the Lord because He will never pass away. He is eternal. And if He is love, then... That love will never cease. Love will never cease. Love is a powerful, powerful thing. It's eternity. Love, Eternity itself is love. We can say that. Eternity itself is love. Okay. So, moving on. What else does it look like? What else does love look like? Love, again, is not prideful. I don't know why I'm sticking to that. I just feel that love is not prideful. So oftentimes when you're in a relationship, 
or even with the Lord, when you're in a relationship with the Lord, when you're in a relationship with God, he will humble you because through that humility, he's able to pour into you more. So in order to be able to have that relationship that's a give and retake or give and receive or uh, just a mutual relationship that's healthy, keyword healthy, you have to be humble. You have to come with humility. You can't have pride. Oh, and by the way, for some of y'all people, it's not just okay to be like, oh, I'm humble. Oh, I'm humble. If you keep saying you're humble, you got some pride issues. Just letting y'all know that if you if you keep boasting in humility, that's pride. That's not humbleness. That's not humility. But anyway, <laughs> let me get off of that. Anyway, moving on. Confusion uh, is well. Ephesians 4 verse 2 be completely humble and gentle see be humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love I don't know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to y'all because I didn't plan that way <laughs> I'm not gonna lie um, so we see that humility gentleness and patience are associated with treating people with love so what does that mean how you treat people reflect your relationship with the lord how you treat people reflect your love if you're rough with people if you're nasty i don't care if you're a preacher i don't care if you're a prophet if you can't handle people you can't handle them with uh, all care if you you aren't gentle with them if you're rough and you got people walking around with a lot of church hurt baby you need to work on your love love is willing to cover up faults and isn't quick to expose others. So I'm speaking to y'all prophets right now. I'm speaking to y'all prophets. Well, first let me go to the scripture. Uh, 1 Peter 4 verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Let me speak to y'all prophets. Sometimes the Lord reveals things to you to pray for them. Sometimes he reveals things to you so you can redeem that person. Because he doesn't give you vision without a way out of it. He doesn't give you a vision Without giving provision. So. If you're seeing a bunch of people on people. uh, uh, Sorry. Excuse me. If you're seeing a bunch of things in people rather. And you see a bunch of sin. You see a bunch of nastiness. And you're treating them wrong because of it. And you're calling them out. And having little gossip talks. And uh, going to the uh, all these other people. Without first operating in love. Or thinking about loving on that person. Your love needs work. Because, okay, it's 2020. We don't have time to be hating on people. We don't have time to be slandering people, exposing people with your little quote-unquote exposed ministries. That's not good enough. We need to work on love. Where's your love ministry? We got all these exposed ministries. Where's our love in ministry? I'm not talking about y'all being a hoe. I'm talking about where's y'all love's love ministry? Love isn't quick to expose. It's quick to love first that's why it's called love it's not called expose this isn't tmz all right moving on an example of that would be in abraham like with abraham in genesis 9 we see the story this starting with verse 20 by the way we see the story of abraham where he's with his sons or rather he's he's uh within the vineyard and he gets drunk and while getting drunk he passes out and in his drunkenness, he's, he just so happens to be naked. So while he's naked, he see, we see one of his sons stroll up. And instead of going there and covering him, instead of walking by 
and just simply covering him, he has to go out to his brothers and talk about him. Mm, telling, huh? He has to go out to his brothers and talk about him. And guess what those brothers do? They go inside and instead of spreading, oh, look at my dad. Look how, how, um, look how nasty he is showing himself. Look at him being all drunk. You know what? The Bible doesn't say he got drunk on purpose. The Bible says he got drunk. He might have not known. You know what? We all have, we make mistakes. We all have things where we slip up and fall. So instead of uh, talking about people, cover them, love on them. When you see things in people, it should come with a deeper love because with greater understanding comes with greater responsibility and greater capacity to love. And if you're not operating in a deeper love, you're operating in a place of Satan's job. You're operating under his job. He is the um, accuser of the brethren. He is the one who condemns you. He's the one who talks about you and places you in your sin. God doesn't do that. If I recall correctly, in the Bible it says, He remembers our sins no more. Farly removed he is from our sins. That he placed it on his son. He can't remember our sins. So if, going again, going back to that, if you're keeping a big old log of how people wronged you, their sins and all that, you need to work on your love. Moving on to Romans 12 verses 9, we see that love has an element of standing for what's right. Because it says love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. So love is not blind though. Even though we operate in these things, love is not blind. It sees it and it refuses to operate in the evil. It clings to what is good, but we still it still operates in a place of purity. Moving on, okay. I'm done with that topic cuz <laughs> y'all going to get me heated. Okay. So then we move on. What is love? Where does it come from? See, it's not enough to know in these podcasts. It's not enough in in your life to know how things work. It's not enough to know why they work. You have to know how to get it. If I know why my guitar, when I plug it in, that I know it works because it's connected to an amplifier or and the amplifier is connected to the wall, I know that it works because of that. But if I don't know how to get my guitar from the store, if I don't know how to pick it up, I don't know how to play it, what's it worth? I'm just a sound. I, I can bang the thing and just make some noises. I can bang the thing. I can put my finger in the socket and shock myself. That don't mean nothing. It's it's. I need to know how to get it, how to use it, how to access it. That's what's important. So where does it come from? Love comes from the Lord as we said from the beginning it's only only given through the Lord because in all things in the Lord there's a grace and this grace this love is freely given so in this case the way we can deeper deepen our relationship with the Lord is again like I said humble yourself spend time with the Lord spend time in his word that's not enough. Spend time in worship. That's not enough. Spend time in prayer. Hear his voice. Because you know what? With his voice, his voice is whispers of love. That's how you know it's the Lord. If you're coming in a place of your your little pr- your player cro- uh, prayer closet, and 
you're talking to the Lord and you feel worry, you feel condemnation. That's not the Lord. Even when he corrects you, it's cor- there's correction, but there's love. There's peace. There's joy. From that correction is brings joy. From that correction brings love and peace. So the in order to get more access to the Lord, in order to get more access to that love he's going to place in you, you have to spend time with him. And in that spending time with him, kill your flesh. I'm not saying go over here and like take a knife and, and slit yourself and all that. Uh, kill your flesh. I mean, take time to say, Lord, what do you want? Who are you? What do you want in my life? Who am I? Those questions, those those statements, those places that are like placed in your heart show you what love is. He, When you ask, he will reveal himself. Love is shown and given and taken through the revelation of Christ, through the revelation of who he is. The more you get to know him, the closer to love you achieve. Uh, worship. Worship is an act of love. Worship is a lifestyle where we get to say, Lord, this is who you are. And guess what? I'm going to bang this in your head. God is love. So if he is love, when we get into worship and we worship him for who we are, there's a circular circular thing happening where the more I love on him, the more I sing a love song to him, the more I tell him, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I can't live without you. Lord, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. The more he loves back, the more he, there's a circular motion. Uh, in worship, there's a, there's a multiple levels. You start off with, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Then you cry. you get to a place where you can't do nothing but weep. You can't do nothing but cry. Then there's a silence and a peace that comes. And in that silence, he begins to pour out his love back on you. Our worship is not deep enough anymore. It's not deep enough in, this, in the church and the body of Christ. We need to work on our love. Love isn't enough to be given. It's not enough for me to say, Lord, I love you which is the act of worship, it should be continued with the Lord saying, I love you back. So, how, again, how do we access that love? How do we get it? Strengthen your relationship with Christ. Strengthen your relationship with Christ. Strengthen your relationship with Christ. So, uh, I got way more to say, but the Holy Spirit is not... It's not He's not leading me to say it. So if y'all want the notes, then hit me up. But other than that, I guess I'm going I'm to end right now. I'm going to close this thing out by praying Ephesians 3, 16 and verses uh, 16 and 17 over your lives. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, Lord. I pray to these people. I pray to my listeners, wherever you may be in your car, in your uh, your work, in your, your room, in your living room, in the kitchen, in the bathroom. It doesn't matter. Lord, I pray that you deepen their love. I pray that you reveal yourself to them. Show them who you are and show them your love. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit just comes on upon them and overtakes them and you start to transform your people back into that place where our countenance is changed 
And as our countenances reflect, like the Bible says, like, like your word says, as a mirror, we will reflect who you are, Lord, as the moon does with the sun. Shine upon us. Shine your love upon us so that we look more and more like you, so that we act more and more like you. Teach us how to love this, this Valentine's Day. Teach us how to treat people this Valentine's Day. Lord, let it not just be for our, our uh, significant others, but be towards our parents and our our um, our siblings and our, our friends and, and our strangers and our enemies especially, Lord. You said, love your enemies. Treat them well. Teach us how to treat people, Lord. Teach us how to look like you. In Jesus' name, thank you. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have anything to say, if you have, um, if you feel led to donate, if you received anything today, if you want to um, sow into the ministry, sow into the podcast, it does take money. Feel free to do so. You can contact me on Twitter. Um, you can contact me on uh, my YouTube or what have you. Uh, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye.